into the contest. It is Wednesday, June 1. It's winter time. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Shane Lee, how are you? I'm excellent, Timmy. It's, uh, it's a little bit chilly today, but uh, I'm sure a little bit of red wine over lunch won't, won't go astray to, to, to uh, work things out there. Open fire, yeah. It's as cold <laughs> as a frog in an icebound pool, to be honest with you. But it was interesting. First day of winter. The last few days, uh, anyone uh, living up and down the eastern seaboard from about the edge of New South Wales and Queensland down has been feeling this uh, polar blast. And it was interesting. I, I was coming back from a function that I'd worked at uh, in Sydney and there it was, vivid, just jumped straight up into my face. Boy, it's beautiful. And I, I'd forgotten how much we'd missed the last couple of years. It goes for, what, three-odd weeks. But, you know, with the Opera House lit up and all the buildings, they just do it so well. It, uh, it You know, in the midst of winter, after the couple of years that we've been, it was a really nice thing to see. Yeah, those who haven't uh, experienced it, go down and check it out. It, it, it is wonderful. And, uh, yeah, definitely rug up, put a, put a, put a beanie on and a, and a scarf on and take a walk around the city. Uh, the lights are fantastic. It's really worth seeing. And if you're old enough, maybe take a hip flask. All right, there's a stack of sport about. <laughs> we always thought the Ben Stokes captaincy would come with plenty of dimensions. We'll talk about that today. A tennis player, a female tennis player who said she wants to be a man. That was interesting. And Payne Haas backflips on... On his decision to leave the Broncos. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. So Ben Stokes' captaincy, uh, look, he's been through the ringer, hasn't he, both on the field, off the field. Mm -hmm. He's had his dramas out of the game. There's no question that on his day, and we've seen it at the highest level in the biggest games, that he is the best player. Um, Often those outside of England say he's still a Kiwi, but he is a Mm -hmm. brilliant player. It, It is going to be interesting to see how the captaincy develops over. We've got to give him at least a year or so. Um, Johnny Bairstow, for one, well, he's he's a quirky character himself mm. and a very talented batsman. We saw it here last summer uh, in Australia. But um, he says he's going to uh, learn a lot under Ben Stokes. What, what do you make of this whole story? Look, I think I will. The thing Ben Stokes needs to first, uh, first and foremost work out is that um, he's got to get his own game right. Mm. And being all-rounder, it can be tough to get both your batting and your bowling and your fielding yeah. um, all working at the same time. He now has an extra responsibility in getting the captaincy right. Look, England are one from 17. One win in seventeen. the last 17 test matches. They are rock bottom. Uh, new coach Brendan McCullum, who is a former New Zealand captain, uh, will be um, taking the reins as well as they take on New Zealand in the first test match of this year. So I'll be watching this one closely. I think, look, Ben Stokes... I think will do well. He'll try and lead by example, and by that I mean score runs and take wickets. I hope he bowls himself enough. That's always a challenge as a as an all rounder and um, as and as a captain. So look, I think he'll do a good job. I think he'll get the guys going the right direction. It's the cattle they put around him to build that team back up from a 
one win out of 17. Well, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Look, there's a couple of young fast bowling uh, options, but uh, we are seeing the changing of the guard with English cricket Mm. because Broad and Anderson were outstanding. They were our nemesis through Ashes series, particularly in England. Yeah, definitely. And look, two world-class bowlers there, but they'll start to filter in other young quicks. Look, England, Mm. that's not the problem. I think the problem is that they're scoring enough runs. They they keep getting rolled. They're playing on quite green wickets um, in county level over there at the moment. So batsmen haven't learnt to bat any length of time. So they really need to, you know, root now with with the... um, the caps he gone, I think he'll be able to just focus purely on his batting and he'll be a run machine. It's those other three positions they need to try and fill. Yeah, well, well, Besto should be one of them, whether he wears the gloves mm. or just plays as a batsman. I think we've all seen enough of him to realise how good he can be. So, um, yeah, England cricket, uh, we're not uh, all that. We're never all that far away from Ashes series uh, against England. Of course, it's a little while after playing here last summer, but um, uh, that will give Ben Stokes probably enough time to uh, try and wobble his side into shape. Now, the Australian women's team have long been wanting more cricket. They've got a lot of it now. Shane and I think that they are going to relish uh, this they pretty much from July on they head over to the UK they're in Ireland um, the first time we see a T20 event at the Commonwealth Games for women I think it's fantastic I do too mate it's fantastic for the girls they, they wanted more cricket and they definitely got it um, not only the public have uh, followed them um, and supported them, and, and TV ratings suggest that too, but Cricket Australia have supported them by putting on more cricket. Um, this all culminates that they have a huge schedule in the next coming months uh, with a T20 World Cup in February in South Africa. Um, they have three uh, T20 matches versus Ireland in July. Then they have a T, um, uh, the Commonwealth Games, as you mentioned, for the first time, which will be a wonderful experience for the girls. Um, plus other white ball competitions here in Australia and overseas, plus the domestic WBBL and the WNCL. So lots of cricket for the girls, um, and they'll be relishing this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Now, an interesting story at the French Tennis Open, uh, Chinese player Zhang Quin Wen, uh, only 19, very talented, but her game or her match was interrupted firstly by an injury and then... Um, uh, getting cramping pain. Uh, obviously, she later said it was women's issues, but what, what, what she came out in the media conference with uh, certainly pricked the ears of uh, journalists. Yeah, well, she came out she said she wished she was a man, but she was referring to her menstrual issues during the match, the poor girl. Mm-hmm. And um, look, she's playing the, uh, the number one seed, Swiatek, who, and she beat her in the first set. She's only 19-year-old, and this is her first time playing at Roland Garros. But once the cramps set in, she lost the next two sets, six love, six two. And she said, I wish I was a man. Now, you take those words in today's context, it has very different connotations. Mm. But she was referring to, as, as we mentioned, her, uh, a menstrual issue on the day. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And probably best we leave it there. Um, That's really. about as much as I can talk about that. Yeah, too. I think any, uh, any further conversation. I don't convers- know much about that side of things. But yeah, anyway. Any further conversation on that may incriminate. Both your good yes. self and mine, yourself. Yes. All right, the World Game Soccer. Tommy Rogic withdraws from Australia's World Cup qualifying squad for uh, his personal reasons. Now, look, um, you can't um, stop someone when things are going on in their life, but this is a massive hit to a struggling team. Well, I dare say Tommy Rogic has been um, on the cans since, they, <laughs> since Celtic won the, the competition um, just recently. Uh, I think this has to be the final nail in Australia's World Cup campaign um, coffin. Uh, it leaves Graham Arnold and the Socceroos without 
a world-class midfielder in, in Tom Rogic. Um, and we don't have a, a decent replacement, to be honest. So I think we're really, really going to struggle now to win not this, uh, not only this first game, but the second game to qualify. Yeah, and a bit of AFL kicking about. Um, for those Swans mm. fans, AFL fans, wondering why uh, we don't know what uh, the verdict is with Lance Franklin. His legal counsel wasn't available last night, so that will happen tonight. The Sydney Swans dynamic 35-year-old superstar forward Lance Franklin fighting that one uh, one week ban for striking so that that will happen tonight coming up on afternoon sport we will talk NRL boxing and plenty more all right Shane Payne Haas uh, look I, I think we've probably got to give Ben Iken a compliment here who's taken over the running pretty much of the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, he's obviously got in and negotiated with uh, Payne Haas as manager and said, come on, can you at least stay till the end of the year and we'll sort it out then rather than this immediate release that they were asking for. Yeah, it's good news, not only for, mm. for Payne Haas, it makes him settled going into the state of origin, so that's good for New South Wales, but it's really good for the Broncos, I think. They're having a cracking season and they don't need this un, um Instability within the, within the team. Um, it was an interesting comment that has said he said that he underestimated public interest um, uh, and therefore wants to put on hold his contract situation. So, you know, being booed by his home team uh, wouldn't be a great feeling. Um, so smart from him to say, "Listen, I'm gonna, I'm not going anywhere at the moment." Smart from his manager to to shut up, and it's smart from the Broncos to to work with them to, to, uh, to hopefully come to re- a result by the end of the season. Yeah, they may have played the recording in the meeting because, uh, yeah, yeah, they really did rip into him, didn't they? And the, uh, yep. Particularly after their revival, they are such a passionate yep. mob, uh, the Brisbane Broncos fans. And even when they're losing, they tend to uh, show up and now they're getting some success again. Look, I think it's good news for the club. Um, now Cameron Munster, he's dropped this hint that he, he may stay at the Melbourne Storm and it's all around Craig Bellamy saying that if Belliac stays, I'll stay. Now, Craig Bellamy is signed to 2026, but that doesn't come with an absolute guarantee that he'll stay coaching to 2026. He'll stay till 2023, at least as head coach. So... He's such a sought-after player, Cameron Munster. He sure is, and I think this is more than a hint, isn't it? He's basically saying mm. whenever Craig Bellamy is in, is coaching, he will be at the Storm. Uh, so that's pretty black and white to me. Um, Bellamy did say that he p- would probably coach for one more year, so he might push out to mm. 2024. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting now. It's, it's going to put a lot of pressure on Craig Bellamy. I, look, he's, I felt that he sort of wanted to – start going off into retirement and probably ease his way out. But uh, he's obviously very, very loved, not only by the players, but by the club and, and the fans. So a bit of pressure on Craig Bellamy. But I suppose it's good to be still wanted after 20 years in the job. Yeah, and Wayne Bennett yeah. have to be close to 10 years older than him. And, yeah. you know, he's about mm. to embark on a new club. So um, what is it? Uh, 60s, the new 45, isn't it? Now, Ad- it. Adam Elliott is joining his his girlfriend at the Newcastle Knights, um, which I think was always going to happen, of course. Only stayed at Canberra for a little while. In the boxing world, China, George Combosis, Cambosis Jr. calls Devin Haney a rat. Now, this is all part <laughs> of the magic that goes into the lead-up of boxing bouts. I think this will be a cracking fight. George mm. Ferocious Cambosis is doing a lot of PR and, and a lot of um, media at the moment and um, yeah. and is talking it up. Devin Haney um, basically said that he's in a different class altogether 
way above him. So they have difference of opinions here. They're both fighting for the undisputed um, uh, light heavyweight uh championship belt. Um, I think this will be a cracking fight, Tim, and one I'll definitely be tuning in for. Yeah. Did you have Devon sandwiches, Devon and tomato sandwiches when you were a kid? Yeah, they were, they were terrible during the summer, weren't they, when the sauce got hot? <laughs> yeah. You put some yeah. cheese on top. <laughs> Disgusting, yeah. So Michael Schumacher uh, was too good to have any bad nicknames about him. And uh, look, his son Mick is, is very talented as well, but he's he's had a few mishaps in uh, you know the early years of his Formula One. And uh, he's got a nickname I don't think he will like after the Monaco Grand Prix. Ladies and gentlemen, he's called the Crash Kid. The Crash Kid, which is, I think it's a bit rough considering that his dad is still in a coma due to a major Mm. ski crash. Um, But hey, that's German sense of humour, I suppose, Tim. Yeah, I think that uh, they're referring to when he cut his car in half rather than anything that might have happened. Yeah, I know. But uh, I think think the bigger thing is if you want to, start a career as a driver in Formula One, you probably want to have, you know, um, Speedy Gonzalez or something like that, not the crash kid. Um, Now, what about this strongman? I suppose if you and I just kept eating and maybe got into some haggis, we could be as big as the 180-kilo Scottish giant crowned the world's strongest man. The things they lift and move, trucks, planes, you name it. Coming handy around the house, wouldn't he? Um, but he's, he's 180. He'd sleep a lot. <laughs> he would sleep a lot. Get out of the pantry, mate. Um, he's 180 kegs and 203 centimetres tall, so we'll never grow up to that tall, Tim. Um, mm. But it's the second year he's won in a row, and, uh, yeah, he took on the Ukrainian. Interesting now that in, in soccer is a big uh, – uh, a big match coming up between Scotland and the Ukraine in, in football. So, uh, yeah, there's a bit of talk about that between this guy beating the, the Ukrainian guy who came number two in the world, strongest man competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, they, yeah, you're right. They must mm. they must eat a lot. Um, now, yep. nicknames to finish with, Shane. You've got a few. Meadow, Meadow Lee. Yep. Fug. Fug Lee. Yes, I know, mate. Um, well, listen, it just got me thinking, and uh, I, I have mentioned it on the show before. One of my favourite nicknames of all time is a guy called The Clock, um, and he nicknamed himself that. He's born with one arm just slightly shorter than the other. Um, but Secure won an under-17s mm. competition, and The Clock was leading the team song I, I saw this week. So that was uh, good to see that The Clock was still involved with the St Kilda Career Club. Um, but another favourite one is a mate of mine called Martin Holland, who only lives around the corner from me. And he hates it, this nickname. His surname being Holland. In a, in a grand final, he got a pair, scored two ducks. So his nickname now is Hollando. There was two. There was a zero at the end of his name both times. So he hates that nickname. When everyone calls him Hollando, he says, that just reminds me of my failure in the grand final when I scored a pair. Oh, yeah, there's some clever, clever nicknames. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Our fantastic sponsors, O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves you back. Absolutely. And, of course, our brilliant producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. We are back tomorrow with a daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Building Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience Podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience Podcast on your favorite podcast app.